Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog Podcast. Today, uh, excited to have uh, as my guest, Bob Paradiso. Bob, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Well, thank you for having me on. Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Well, um, I've been in the surfacing business, interior surfacing material. I'm dating myself here for over 40 years <laughs> uh, in various components, but mostly in, in sales. Uh, and then um, currently, um, my company produces solid surface material, and uh, we're an international company, um, located offices all around the world, um, about $50 million, and um, probably uh, dynamic in the fact that the market changing quickly due to a number of different factors, uh, so being agile and uh, recognizing what the marketplace needs and what your customer needs and putting that together is the challenge that really gets me going. That's great. I love having manufacturing shows on the show because I just, it's, you know, from my old days of doing ERP implementations, I just love manufacturing. So uh, I'm really happy to have you on here. Uh, Bob, tell me, um, if you had to think back over your career, what are the three things that have really contributed to your success? Uh, the first is that um, I've been lucky enough to have good mentors that I could learn from. Uh, some of them uh, had a very uh, tough reputation, but they were fair. Uh, so, I mean, having them and I, I I really, again, have been fortunate that I, I never had one boss that I know I, I just didn't learn anything from. They were all can, provided valuable contributions to, to my success, my career. Uh, the second was is that um, I got to get involved in a lot of different cultures as far as sales go. Uh, I've had some international assignments and looking at what they would use for tooling and expectations and service requirements uh, versus what you know we do here in the States and how, how you meld the two together, if it's even possible. Um, and I was lucky enough to put those together and again, help my career. And the third is just working with a lot of individuals who had a passion for sales. I mean, uh, it wasn't the money, it was, it was just the fact that they wanted to do something for their customers. They were passionate about that and they would never take no for an answer. Uh, and trying to, to corral that enthusiasm uh, to the point of success is, um, has been good for my overall career because that kept me guided. That's awesome. Do you have a crazy, funny sales story from your career? Um, Probably how I got into sales. I, I was in customer service and um, 
one day the, the boss walks in and says, hey, I need to talk to you after work. And I'm thinking, uh -oh. Oh, what, did I, what did I do wrong here? Um, <laughs> you know, I came to work on time. I answered the phone all right. I mean, I didn't curse or anything. I mean, I'm just, all these things are going through my head. Uh, so after work, uh, I go in his office, sit down. He says, um, we have a sales position for opening for you uh, in San Francisco. We'd like you to take. And I, I had never asked to be in sales. You know, in fact, quite honestly, I thought salespeople were pretty lazy. You know, <laughs> that they woke up, you know, in time to take someone to lunch. And that was the start of their day. And, I, <laughs> and so, you know, sales. Uh, and then San Francisco, I said, you know, for an, uh, an initial sales job that I never asked for, San Francisco sounded like a nice place to go to. Oh, yeah. So um, I said, well, let me uh, talk to my wife about it. Got home, talked to her. She says, what you, is your company crazy? You couldn't sell your way out of a paper bag. They want you to be in sales. So I talked her into, because she had just gotten a job of that she wanted to. I talked her into saying, let's move to San Francisco. I'll get into sales and we'll go for it. And that's how I got involved. And that, that was really the best decision I made in my life, probably. That's awesome. And it's also, it's also great to have that, that response from your spouse where you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so thinking back to when you got that start in sales, what do you wish, you know, knowing what you know now over 40 years, what do you wish you had been taught back then? Oh, good question. Um, Again, my expectation was, you know, what is sales all about? Uh, I didn't really know. It just, like I say, my, my, my in customer service, when I was located in Atlanta uh, in the distribution center, I got to interact with the salespeople, but I, I didn't really know what they did. And then once I got into sales, uh, you know, I, I wish I had some more, uh, experience or some more insight into okay you know how do you make up and conclude and close a sale you know what's all the components of it who do you need to talk to what do you need to do to prepare yourself for it it's not taking someone to lunch i mean right, <laughs> um, right. you know so uh that that's what i really had to do just on my own yeah. uh, with the, the, the fact that the other thing i like about sales is you're constantly measured you know, okay. what you sell today, okay, but that's that's today. Tomorrow, there's a new measurement. Yep. And that's part of the passion I like about sales. Because you, you, yep. you, you always measure it every day. That's awesome. Uh, do you remember the first big sale you ever closed? Um, yes, I do. Yes. It, um, what do you take away from that? It was having the... And I wouldn't say foresight because I really didn't have the foresight, but we had a distribution problem. And um, the distributor we had in a certain area, you know, I, I looked at that and they were a long time distributor, but being new, I, I had no uh, preconceptions of it. But observing that, I found they're doing a lousy job and I need to find another distributor. So went out, found another distributor, closed them on it. Uh, and, and that was my first big sale, really. Yeah. Uh, getting that distributor on board in a, in a major city. Um, 
So that was, that's when I knew that I made the right decision right. to go get into sales. Right. That's awesome. Tell me about your decision to transition from pure sales to sales leadership. What was behind that transition? Um, again, it wasn't anything that I asked for. Um, we went through some territorial changes and we had regions at the time. And then we, the regions were so big that um, it was decided to, well, let's uh, divide the regions a little bit more. So when they did that, uh, management did that, they said, listen, you've been successful where you are in sales. We'd like you to be the regional manager of this area. And would you be interested? Uh, I said, well, sure. I mean, yeah, why not? And um, so with that invitation, I, I got into sales leadership, um, which was a, was a revelation in itself because I, I remember going to the first meeting where again, I'm the regional manager now. Right. And um, so we're at this, in this big conference room with the distributor and we're talking about this issue. And finally someone says, well, Bob, what are we gonna do? You know, so it's like, oh, I have to make this a decision now, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the buck stops with me. Okay, right. this is what we're going to do, you know, and uh, that was, uh, again, a revelation. And it was taking what the distributor wanted to do, what our salesperson wanted to do, trying to put that together to make the right decision. Right, right. The uh, transition for a lot of people into sales leadership can be very difficult because it is so different. As you said, you know, now the buck is, it stops with you. You're the person making that decision. What advice do you have for someone who's making that transition or considering making that transition into sales leadership? Well, you have to look at it as, all right, when you're a salesperson, quite frankly, the emphasis is more on the customer, what that customer wants. Uh, and then when you get into sales leadership, uh, it, it, now you're talking about leading individuals on the sales team, all right, knowing their strengths and weaknesses, all right, maximizing their strengths um, so that they contribute to what is best for the company. So to me, the focus shifts to, all right, okay, what is best for the customer, but equally now, truly equally, what is best for the company? And mm -hmm coming up with you know, the win-win you hear so much about, that's really true. And that's the most difficult thing. Yeah. How do you uh, instill that in your sales team you know, to really shoot for that win-win? Well, at times, at least in my own experience, the, the, the salespeople, uh, it's almost like, well, what is, whatever is best for me is best for the company. And that's not necessarily true. Right. And that's why sometimes a salesperson, when you bring him into sales leadership, is not quite successful because they keep that same mentality. Uh, and um, that, that does not work, at least in my own experience. Right. So it, it's one of, okay, all right. So they, they come out and they say, hey, you know, so-and-so didn't do their job and, uh, a great example, we need more material in this place. Well, you know, uh, that's fine, but that's not the ultimate answer that's best for the company, right? right? 
And you got to get with the overall picture here, salesperson. Um, see that, okay, yeah, to you, it might be, we need more material here, but can the distributor pay for it? Can we afford it as a manufacturer to do that? Is there another solution? Right. And having the, um, the, giving them the guidance to look at it, not just from their individual silo, but a bigger overall company perspective. Right. You, your company, as you said, you sell globally. What has it been like for you managing a global sales team in a pandemic? Well, I don't manage the global sales team. Okay. I just manage the North America team. Oh, North America, my apologies. But what's that like for in the pandemic? Well, the, the pandemic has changed things, particularly in our industry, dramatically. Yeah. Um, and I say dramatically, but it's really focused on communication. How we communicate with our customers these days is totally different than a year ago. You know, people working from home, um, you know, Zoom meetings now. Uh, you know, we call on architects and designers a lot, but now, you know, they don't let people in their offices. So how do you connect with them when they're working at home? So it really has challenged the sales team to, all right, how do I now keep that communication going when there's all these restrictions there? Uh, because in the past, a lot of it was built on relationships. Right. Uh, now those relationships are strained. And as far as new relationships coming along, how do I break the code there to get to them so I can you know, find out what that customer needs, what this individual really keeps them up at night that I can solve for them? Yeah. What uh, do you think it's been more humanizing the, the transition to where everybody's on Zoom now and working out of their home or bedroom or wherever? No, I don't. I don't think it has been humanizing at all. And the reason yeah. I say that is um, working from home has enabled certain individuals to put up a wall, mm. right? That, you know, they're inaccessible. Uh, and um, that that's good for them. I mean, I, in, in certain ways, uh, but as far as you know, developing a relationship and humanizing it, uh, I think that 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 loses contact. Uh, and uh, again, that that's just uh, that has not been good for building relationships. Yeah. So what are what are you guys doing? What is your team doing to counteract that those wall builders? Um, well, we're, we're making more appointments than we ever have. Um, we are using Zoom, of course, but you know, within that contest, asking, well, when can we get together uh, face to face? Mm. All right, uh, neutral site, whatever is good for you, we can work that out. Um, and uh, trying to. Uh, again, get some more human interaction face-to-face -face, um, that we can talk and not have to rely strictly on Zoom or telephone or emails and all that. Right, right. It's, it's not easy because, um, I mean, because of the pandemic, there, you know, social distancing is important. Yep. Um, but we're, we're finding now that um, th there is a 
a balance coming where before the balance was, no, I'm not going anywhere. You know, now it's like the balance is shifting and it's like, okay, well, we can meet at so-and-so place um, and, and hold our meeting there. Right. That's fantastic. So we're more flexible on where we can go. Right. That's great. What role does empathy play in your sales process or your interactions with your sales team? Uh, empathy is the number one thing because we don't know exactly what they're going through, both from a career or business point of view and from a, a personal point of view. You know, they may have uh, family or friends that have been affected by the pandemic um, that we don't know about. It. So, um, we try to put ourselves in their shoes and, you know, if they're hesitant to have a meeting, fine. I mean, whatever is good for you, we will work within what our customers are asking for. Um, the last thing we want to do is push them into a situation where they're uncomfortable and they're going to regret that. So right. uh, we, we, we try to just make it as easy as possible on their terms as far as our contact goes. Right, right. When it comes to being a sales leader, I think one of the key roles for a sales leader is cultivating the future leaders. Uh, what are you doing or what do you like to do to identify and cultivate those future sales leaders, those that should transition in? Well, I look at their, their strengths um, overall, not so much their weaknesses because I, I I'm not sure you can really change that. But if they have these strengths that I would say correspond with what I consider to be a good sales leader, then I'll cultivate that person, uh, and work with them and try to get what I, what, I have three basic ten, uh, tenets to what is a good sales leader. Uh, the first I would say, is listening. And overall, I got to tell you, we are a nation of terrible listeners. We don't listen enough. We're always too concerned about what we want to say, what is our message, that, you know, uh, we, we talk first and we don't even listen to the reply and we have, you know, our, our next message going out. So, you know, I look at ourselves, people, who really listens to what the customer says? And that brings me to, all right, does the salesperson know their customer? And what I mean by that is, what business are they in? Who are their customers? What are their customers asking this customer to do for them? All right, doing the homework so you understand what may be coming from that customer as far as their needs and expectations. Because just because you have X product doesn't mean they want X product. Right. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I can make this, but if nobody wants it, big deal. <laughs> so listening, all right, and then knowing their, their business, and then finally putting those two together to find the salesperson who can solve the problems of their customer. Figure out what keeps that customer awake at night. You know, what issue is just burning through them? It's not always price. I mean, there's other issues there that if you listen and you know their, their, their business, then you can anticipate the problem. You can, when you hear it, you can, that is the problem. And then 
how do I solve that problem for them to get the business? And if you solve that problem for them, you will get the business at the price you need and that they're willing to pay for. And the relationship will be much, much stronger because it's not based on something as simply as price. It's based on the fact that, hey, they had my back. They solved the problem for me. I can count on them. Right. So those three attributes are really, when I look at sales leaders of the future, if they have those three, then that's the people I want to work with, the salespeople I want to work with, uh, get them in the future, uh, sales leadership role. Right. How do you go about that, that initial discussion uh, when you, you're sitting down, having like the meeting you had with your first boss, where you say, hey, I need to talk to you. Um, what's that conversation like? Well, um, I asked them earlier, you know, all of them, you know, what do they want to do? All right. Do they want to get into sales leadership? Do they want to get into marketing? Do they want to own their own business and lead the company at some point in time? I mean, what is their expectations so that I can address them and help them fulfill that, you know? Um, and it's interesting that particularly with the younger salespeople, they really want to own their own business. That is, uh, if I ask 10 of them, six of them will say, seven of them will say, I want to own my own business. Wow. Um, you know, but that also really is going to involve in whatever business they go into some kind of sales leadership. Oh yeah. If you don't have sales, you have no business. That's correct. So, um, you know, so th that's the, uh, I had that discussion a lot earlier, you know, in their career with the company. So I know what to expect. What, 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 what are they aiming for? Right. And how I can direct that aim to have it fulfilled. And if that fulfills them, that's going to help the company as well. Yep. Do you remember the deal the, the, that you lost that hurt the most and what changed about you from that experience? I've lost a few deals, yes. <laughs> um, well, Everybody I, has one deal that, oh, that one, that just hurts, still hurts me today. Well, uh, yeah, this one deal, it was a, a large quote, all right? And um, I, uh, there was three people I was working with on this quote, three customers. And this one customer, um, he came and uh, you gotta give me this price, Bob. I mean, this, this, uh, this, this is the future of my company at stake here. And I, I out of compassion, I said, okay, you know, here's the quote. And um, he took that quote, he went to competition and they undercut me. I lost the quote, all right, because I didn't do my homework. All right, uh, that's, what, that's what I got into this, you know, uh, do your homework, know your customer's business. Right. Uh, I was, um, maybe empathy uh, was too much, but uh, it really, I learned a valuable lesson there in, okay, um, don't take everything the customer says for granted. Um, do your homework, know your customer, and then react. So if that happened today, what would you do differently? Well, uh, I would say, okay, um, I would 
probably be better prepared knowing the customers that are going to ask me for this quote. And um, but I, I, I'm not going to say I would touch everybody. So if, if it comes out of the clear blue, uh, like this one did, I would um, say, okay, uh, well, let me uh, do some research here and I'll get back to you within two hours. All right. right. Or, you know, the next morning or whatever it is. So I could do my homework. Right. I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, I'm thinking that listening to your story, I'm thinking like, okay, uh, if I give you that price, will you sign now? Like when I give that to you, will you sign on the bottom line? Let's close that deal now. Um, do, was that an appropriate response, do you think? Well, um, no, because I could give him the price, but then he was going to have to quote this to a third party to get mm. the job, all right? Okay. So yeah, he, would, he could sign on the, the quote, all right? Right, right, but then he could still take it to, you know, another manufacturer, get a quote to go to the third party. Yep. So he said, well, yeah, I signed your quote, Bob, but, you know, so-and-so came in and gave me a better quote for this job. Right. So that, that wouldn't, I mean. That's that a you tough. live in a tough world. Well, it, it's, uh, I don't think it's any tougher than a lot of people play in, so. Right, right. Do you, how do you use that in uh, how you train uh, and develop your sales staff? How do you, that experience? Um, well, the first thing I do is I, when they come to me with these opportunities, whether it's a new distributor or a program they want to run or uh, a quote even, you know, I ask a lot of questions to see if they've done their homework. Right. All right. All right. You know, someone who is working in healthcare, which is a big segment in these days, all right, um, you know, they're not going to be, there are certain colors, designs that they, they go with, you know. So if you come to them without those colors, I mean, even if you have the greatest price in the world, it doesn't mean anything to them. Right. So I ask these questions about, you know, what's the marketplace looking for? Um, what's the customer looking for? You know, how does the two go together? Um, and it's, I'm, I'm sure if you talk to some of the salespeople, they say, I ask too many questions. Um, but, you know, I do that so that they know what they're getting into and how to respond effectively. You because bet. if they don't have the answers to all the questions, then we're not addressing the real issue here that the customer needs. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's a great way to approach that, that you're preparing them for the questions that they're likely to get from the customers. So that that's great. Yes. So let's transition to talk about CRM. I always start this off the same way with CRM, where when it comes to CRM, do you love it or do you hate it? Well, uh, used to hate it. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I've been saying here, um, knowing your customers and their business, uh, you can't keep it in your head. No. Right? And so the CRM, like I said, I used to just try to avoid it at all costs, but it, it came, finally, the board hit me in the head and it was like, wait a minute, I can use the CRM to put all these, the answers to these questions, to document them, so I have some place I can refer to them and not have to rely on my memory, which is not gonna happen at all. 
right. uh, I'll forget half of it, if not more. Yep. Uh, so that's when I really went from hating the CRM or maybe disliking to really putting my arms around CRM and making sure the salespeople who, again, so uh, I got to put it in CR, you know, in that. But, hey, if you do it and yeah, it takes some time, but you have a basis of knowledge that you can keep referring to. All right. That you can add to that. Again, you can find out what keeps that customer up at night, solve that problem for them and get the business. Yeah, that's what the CRM is for. Yep. So today it's become a very valuable tool for us, and that's we're true. still not implementing using it enough, but we're gaining on it. That's awesome. How do you transfer that love of CRM to the sales guys, the frontline people? Really, a lot of them are resistant to anything that they perceive as slowing them down or has limited limited benefit to them. How do you get them to embrace it the way you did? Well, um. I, I go back to all the questions I ask them, all right? I said, listen, the CRM can take all these questions and you can just send it to me. Here's my, here's the information you're looking for, Bob, right here, it's in the CRM, all right? So it's already, we don't have to go through this exercise anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, it takes some time, but not only will it enable you to move faster down the road, but again, it's a basis of knowledge that you as an individual without it cannot put your hands around all that information completely and, and remember it all. Right. Uh, yeah, because you're right. They, um, it, uh, you know, I, I got to do that. It's slowing me down. Um, but if they use the system or the design for, all right, and it, it, it will give them, they'll see the benefit of it. Right. And that's what it's like use the system, you'll see the benefit. And I, I, you know, they come up with a, some very creative excuses about going out. And it's like, no, I have no empathy for that. You know, right. you must put it in, all right? That's, that's, you know, basic to getting up in the morning and going to work. That's part of the deal, right? right? And so uh, even the, um, the diehards have, uh, are coming around or have come around on that. Yep. But we still have a way to go to, to fully maximize the potential of CRM. What do you think is the the struggle there? A lot of companies, I hear that a lot. What do you think the struggle is or what's behind that struggle with being able to maximize the benefits of CRM? Well, I think sometimes it's not fully um, embraced as far as or fully explained on what the CRM can do for them. You know, it, it's become sometimes where you need to fill this out and, and use the CRM. All right? right. And you must do it after every call. And I mean, so it's like, do all this, but then the result of that is never fully explained. Right. So all they all the salesperson sees is, uh, you know, it's, uh, almost like punching a, a time clock. You know, I got to do this, it's what I need to do or else my sales manager yells at me, all right? right. If, if you can show them the result of their actions yep. and what the CRM can do for them, yep. all right, then, all right, yeah, the time I spend putting the information in, all right, I can benefit down the road from that. Yep. Right. And, and that's what I, I try to, uh, you know, and getting them to utilize the CRM more is focus on the result, 
yep. not the action of it. Yeah. One of the things that we, you know, I personally and our team, when we are embracing with the sales team, sales team and talking about the benefits there, um, one of the great ones I love to pull out of my pocket and share is that ability to look at your results longitudinally over time to compare, you know, okay, I've got all these wins and I've got my losses. What's different about those? You know, what can I learn from those losses? Uh, what patterns am I seeing on those deals that I lost versus the ones I won? Um, if that data is not in your CRM, you can't do that. You're taking away that opportunity to learn and get better. No, that, that's uh, a great I, point. Yes. Yeah. I think that's huge for really, uh, um, you know, transitioning that thought that, look, this is not a short-term thing that you're doing just for this deal. You're doing this to, you know, for the long-term, you know, to, and it really, if you approach it that way, it, it really can drive a lot of value for that frontline salesperson. No, that's a great point um, where you look at it, particularly from, you know, as you said, the successes and the failures, all right? Yeah. So what's the components of the successes, all right? What's the components of the failures, all right? And again, if you do your homework, yeah. right, then you can use that information in the CRM, yep. all right, to say, okay, that's a snapshot of what happened, both pro and con, all right, and learn from that, yep. all right, for the next episode, which is coming right down the road here. Yeah. And it's great when you hit those tough times and everybody does, every salesperson hits those tough times. If you're at least capturing that information and what you're doing in CRM, you at least have something to demonstrate to your boss that, hey, look, I'm doing everything I think I should be doing. I'm still not getting the result I want. What, you know, can you help me? And now you've got the information. You can look at what they're doing and say, well, I see you're doing this. Have you thought about at this point engaging this way or whatever? Um, you know, it's another way that if you got that data in CRM, you're giving everyone else insight into what's happening. Uh, that's a good point as well. In um, as, as an example, uh, one of the things that the CRM has done is uh, in, in reviewing the situation, uh, I can see who they're talking to at the firm. Right. And it's like, hey, is this really the decision maker? Right. Is someone else there that you should be talking to, all right, because this person cannot make the decision. They're going to bump it up to someone else in their own terms. And yep. those terms are not going to be favorable for you. So, all right, so you're talking to these two people or this person, you know, who else is you think is involved in decision making? And just getting them to look at it from, you know, a bigger picture of all right, who's on this team that I need to talk to versus the one individual I am talking to uh, is, a, is a huge win. Right. You bet. You bet. Bob, we're coming up on our time. Uh, our, you know, we've hit our, our 30 minutes here for Sales Lead Doug. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been great listening to you. Um, if people want to reach out and connect with you, Bob, and learn, you know, talk to you about your company and, and what you guys do, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, email at uh, bobparadiso at hotmail.com. Awesome. Uh, and I, and, uh, I answer all my emails. Um, so yeah, just anytime. You're on LinkedIn as well, correct? On LinkedIn as well, yes. Yep. 
And uh, and what's your company's website, if you want to share that for everyone? Sure. It is uh, DurisonUSA.com. Awesome. Bob, thank you again for coming on Sales Lead. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It's been great talking with you. Uh, It's been awesome. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales lead dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.